I cannot tell you the number of women I know who went up for some sort of institutional investment and got laughed out of the room. Hello, and welcome back to the Finding Fearless podcast. I am your host, Madeline Pratt. And I am coming to you a little bit riled up today. If I'm going to be totally honest, I had a conversation this morning that got me thinking and I was like, man, I got to sit down and talk a little bit about this because there are so many of you who I think have had the same experience as the female founder I was talking to. And I was just like, you know, I need to start digging deep and offering some of the guidance that I wish I would have gotten earlier on in my journey so that I don't keep seeing this happen. So backstory is this, as many of you know, I love working with underrepresented founders, particularly female founders. You know, I identify with this group. And also I think that we need more women. We need more people of color. We need more queer folks creating businesses so that we can build the world that we want to be a part of. Um, the, The capitalist patriarchy has been around for long enough. And as many of us have seen This is a system that actually doesn't work for any of us. I think it harms men. It harms our kids. It really fucking harms the planet. And we're at a place now where our whole society, our whole environment is crumbling because of the effects of capitalist patriarchy. What I see in the space that brings me great joy and great hope and makes me inspired to get up every single day and do the work I do is young people queer people, people of color, all of these founders rushing to the forefront to say, how can I help? And starting to think about building businesses that are a vehicle for change, that are, you know, taking a model where it's like, it's a buy one, give one, and everything is made out of recycled water bottles. You know, like they're thinking about things from a holistic approach of how can I create a company that also creates an impact and undoes the harm of the past hundred years of capitalist patriarchy. I live for these kind of businesses. I fucking love these businesses. This gives me so much hope and joy. And I think there's a deeper conversation we need to have around consumerism here too, because especially if you're a product-based brand and ultimately you're just creating products from the environment, like there's a conversation to be had there. I love anything that's like an upcycle situation. I'm a big fan of thrifting. Many of you who know me on the personal level know that I like, I, I spend a lot of money, but I do not spend a lot of money on things like clothes and things like that because I, I try wherever I can to upcycle, use tools like Poshmark, whatever. I love these brands though. I love these brands that are thinking about how can we do business differently, but I get really pissed off when I look into the space and I see these brands not getting the support they need to shine. And what I mean by support is, yeah, like, you know, we need people behind us advising us. Those those brands need people behind them, you know, uh, investing in them. They need, you know, people advocating for them. All of that is valuable. But we've been, particularly us women, through A decade now of people saying like, let's start a female founders club. Let's start a collective. Let's raise women up. Great. Love it on paper. We're in a situation (laughs) where in the past year, capital investment in female founded businesses went backwards, y'all. And I'm fucking over it. I'm so over it. And so the conversation I wanted to have with y'all today is around money and manifestation because I see these young founders 
ready to take something big and beautiful into the world. And I see them get shot down because the old ways of doing, the old ways of being, the capitalistic system is still saying like, oh, you're so sweet. You're so young. You have such a cute little business idea. We're not going to give you any of our money. And that shit pisses me off so much because I, in my career, have met so many tech bros, some which I love and adore and some which drive me fucking insane. I've met so many tech bros who have been able to walk into a bank or an investment scenario with an idea. Not a product, not even a company, not even a team, nothing, just an idea. And gotten millions of dollars to back that idea. And they have been able to build really successful companies and a lot of legacy and wealth for themselves. And they've exited those companies because somebody invested in an idea. Meanwhile, the women I know who, you know, build themselves a solid business plan and have a cash flow projection and, you know, have purchase orders waiting on file for them to just be able to fulfill them, walk into these institutions and at least 50% of the time get laughed out of there. I cannot tell you the number of women I know who went up for some sort of institutional investment and got laughed out of the room, told they were too young, that they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't have any experience in the, in the space that they were starting out in, you know, come back to us when you've, you've got a company, but it takes money to grow a company. Like this is a thing that like people don't talk about that, that, drives me insane on Instagram. It's like, there's so much talk about being like a seven figure female founder. And I'm like, great, get it. I love it. Make all that fucking money. Take it, give it back to the people and causes you care about. Love that for you. And also we need to have a candid conversation about the amount of dollars it takes to build a seven figure company. I would know we got very close to the million dollar mark and we're about to hit it this year. And I can tell you, we didn't break even. We lost money last year. And I want that to sit with you because I know so many multi-million dollar businesses that are profitable or barely profitable. And I was working with a coaching client this week and she's like, man, like I just didn't realize how much it would cost me to grow my team. And I'm like, oh honey, I know we went from a team of five to 12 people that last year, our highest Highest expense is payroll. My say, payroll is, you know, sixty-five dollars to $75,000 a month. It costs money to have a company. And especially if you want to take a company from just being you, you know, the founder with an idea and a product or a vision that, that's resonating and turn that into something that can generate, you know, six, seven, eight figures or more, you need money to do that. You need money for your marketing. You need money for your branding. You need money to hire people either in-house or outside to do those things. You need money to build your site. You need money to travel to conferences, to pitch your ideas, get in front of people. You need need money to build a company. And the purse strings are still not being held by women. More often than not, they're being held by people who have been in institutional power for a long time and still have the ability to tell us that we're not deserving. And so I was talking this morning to a female founder and I was talking to her about you know her business strategy. She's got a consumer-based brand, sustainable, beautiful brand. She's on the verge of really big things. She's got her first major purchase orders in. She's got you know a brand refresh she's needing to do. She needs to revamp her social media and PR strategy. And she needs the money to do it. And she might go the route of capital investment. 
And she might go the route of institutional funding if she can get it, but she's early stage. And oftentimes when you walk into a bank, they go, give me your last three years worth of tax returns. And it's like, if you've been in business for one year, you don't have that shit. You just have purchase orders. You have proof that you're making money, but nobody will give it to you. And so the other option you have is to go the route of getting investors. And there are pros and cons to that strategy. Pro, you get the money you need to grow your company. Con, you give up equity in your business to somebody who may or may not support or contort your vision and change it into something you never wanted it to be or push you to grow at a pace that doesn't feel sustainable because they want you to exit as fast and for the highest dollar amount possible. And I've watched this happen over the past couple of years. You know, notable examples, Away, Girlboss, Glossier. Those are all female-founded brands, white woman-founded brands that got a shit ton of money, investor money, because guess what? The investor bros were like, oh, wait, those women know how to run a business. They're making money. Guess what, guys? We know how to make money. We're a better investment. The data shows it. We get higher returns. So the VC money has come in, the equity has gone out, and then in order to reach a moment of exit, those companies have been pushed to grow, 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 grow at all costs. In the tech world, they call it hockey stick growth because it starts with this little blip and then it goes up, all the way up towards the sky like a hockey stick. And the question I want to ask you is, does that feel sustainable? Because I don't know about you, but I can't do hockey stick growth for another year. We've we've grown at over 100% year over year for three years, which on paper is amazing. But it burned me out. It burned my team out. And that's not considering the fact that we've been living through a global pandemic, that we've got kids at home who don't have school half the time because of COVID. You know, it's not considering that we want to have lives outside of this, out of our work, you know? So we sat down as a team last year and we said, what does sustainable feel like for us? And we set a growth goal much smaller this year. It was to grow about between 40 and 50%, which by the way, is highly respectable. Most service-based businesses are happy if they're growing at 25 to 30%. So we set a more sustainable goal, but a lot of that goal is centered around money. It's around how do we manifest differently? How do we ensure that we're profitable this year? How do we build this cash cushion so that we have, you know, a month's payroll in the bank so that we don't have to lose sleep if a client doesn't pay us on time? Because that happened a lot last year. Small businesses like mine were stiffed by big businesses because they can afford to, because they have access to lines of credit to the tune of millions of dollars, and it costs them less to stiff me than it does for them to draw on those other sources of capital to pay me. And so I think that we as women have to get really fucking serious about owning our value for asking what we're worth and creating new institutions. Because I look out at the VC model and for a long time, that's what I wanted to be. I thought that after you know five or 10 years in the tech world, I would be a part of a major exit event and I would walk away with enough cash in hand to either start my own venture capital firm or to deeply be a part of it. 
one, you know, put some money into a fund and be an advisor on a strategy side of things. Because I love growing companies. I love being in on the ground floor. And I know that those businesses need money to get off the ground. And I wanted to find an investment institution that could take my money and put it into early stage companies that shared my core values and that allowed for more underrepresented vendors and to put my money into companies that allowed for more underrepresented founders to come to life. But I don't trust that model anymore, y'all. I think it needs to be disrupted because it's not sustainable. And when you look at the place we are in as people, when you look at the state that our planet is in, where the whole purpose of of companies has been to drive as much profits as possible, at what cost? The cost of our environment? The cost of our mental health? At the cost of the well-being of our employees? Just churning and burning through people and customers. I mean, that's the term in the tech world. The term is churn. Think about what it feels like to churn something. Like in your stomach, your stomach churning. That's what they call it when you lose customers. And it's a metric that they follow to determine how valuable your company is. You know, you want low churn. But what we're not talking about when it comes to money is there are people on the line, customers, employees, CEOs, founders. You know, I saw something this past week. It was a friend of mine. I've known him for years, you know, almost a decade now. And he had rebranded his company and he was in the publicity announcement about it. You know, they put out a big PR campaign. They launched a new website. And... I'm sure he's so proud and excited about what he did. And I'm happy for him. His company's grown tremendously. They've also taken on millions, tens of millions of dollars of venture capital funding. And in the video, he didn't look well. I love him. And if he ever hears this, I hope he would know that this comes from a place of love. But the young guy that I knew 10 years ago, He was full of life. He had brightness in his eyes. He was really fit. He's a fun, happy guy to be around. And in that video, I saw a man that looked tired. That was overweight. That looked sad. The light in his eyes was not there. And all I could think about was, at what cost? At what cost has he grown this company? Yeah, sure, there's like the dream, you'll exit and you'll walk away with millions. But did you sacrifice the best, healthiest years of your life, your relationships, your body for that? And I I realized it could have been me. You know, I've got tech product ideas. I have a background in that industry. That could have been me. Hell, it was starting to be me because the only model I had seen in terms of the ways that people built and scaled companies, was a masculine model. Those were all the companies I was a part of before I started my own. But only by stepping out of that paradigm and doing a lot of work on myself to look at the way that businesses can be built, to see other examples of women doing it differently, other founders who have said, I don't want to do it that way. Have I realized that we can really do something different when it comes to money and to the way that we grow and exit businesses. And I don't know that all the answers are out there yet. 
I don't know that the investment vehicles that I want to exist do. You know, maybe I need to go create them. There's new things popping up, community development funds, CFDIs, things like that that give me hope. You know, small community banks that, you know, if you go through an underground referral network of other underrepresented founders, you'll find one that actually gives a shit and maybe will support you. It, it just makes me chuckle, though, because I have a company that now transacts over a million dollars a year. And we're having to work so hard to find bankers and network connections and people who want to even back us from a financial perspective. Meanwhile, you know, those tech bros I know are still raking in the millions. And even though I don't want that life, some women do. Some women want to grow a really successful company really fast. You know, if I was 22, like the founder I was talking to this morning, and could go on that ride before my kids were born, hell yeah, I would. But that shouldn't be the only way. That shouldn't be the only option for women, is to have to take on investment and give up a portion of their company in order to get to the goal they have in mind. So. I just want us to open up some conversations in the months to come about money, about the ways that we're working with it, about the ways that we are owning our value in the world, and also about the power of manifestation. I have done a lot of personal development work over the past couple of years to know the value of my worth and my team's worth and to attract opportunities that align with that value and are paying me and my team what we deserve. But you can't manifest any of that unless you believe it first. And there are still not enough examples of women out there building the kind of businesses that, you know, we all dream about. And that for men are an absolute reality all the time. They've got countless examples all around them. Meanwhile, you know, many of us are just struggling to even make it to the million dollar mark. So I know that's a little heavy, but it was on my heart today. I wanted to share it with all of you. And if you or someone you know needs to be thinking about these sort of things or is riled up about these sort of things and wants to be a part of deeper conversations about money, I'm definitely going to take the podcast there because it's something that's on my heart. It's something I watch every female founder I coach struggle with. And it's something we need to be talking about more so that we can change the system because it wasn't designed for us. You know, it wasn't built for us. And sometimes we need to break things apart or even burn them down completely so that we can build a better way that is equitable for us all. Okay, y'all, that's all I've got time for today. Appreciate you giving me space to share, letting me rant a little bit, (laughs) but this is because I'm passionate about it and I'm passionate about all of you, you know, living up to your fullest, brightest, most beautiful potential and not having money be the obstacle that stands in your way. All right. Pass this episode on. If there's someone, you know, who needs to hear it, give us, you know, our usual ask, rate, subscribe, review, all those things help us get this story get these ideas into the hands of other women who could benefit other founders that can go on this journey with us. Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. 
I'm your host, Madeline Pratt, and you've been listening to the Finding Fearless Podcast. You've been listening to another episode of the Finding Fearless Podcast. It's hosted by me, Madeline Pratt, produced by Kimberly Fuller, scheduled by Lauren Conti, and edited by the amazing Danielle Witten. This has been a Fearless Foundry production. All audio is recorded and owned by Fearless Foundry.